welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came and here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Gerald Springer. Oh, yeah. oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Actually, Gerald is right. It's Gerald Norman, Norman Springer. Springer. Yep. But um, there are two reasons I don't stay with Gerald. Uh, the first one is, you, you know, how would the show be if people are just chanting, Gerald, Gerald, yeah. Gerald. It has a different ring to it, doesn't it? Does it does have a different <laughs> ring. And the serious answer, my, and this is a, 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 absolutely the truth, my parents never would have named me Gerald if they knew that the nickname for Gerald was Jerry. Hmm. Because, uh, you know, we had, on a serious note, we had lost our family in the Holocaust, and then my parents got to England. The German bombers, the Nazi bombers, were called Jerry's. Wow. So I would never, I mean, they never called, that's why anybody who knows me growing up through high school as a kid, I was always Gerald. So if someone calls the office and it, it, they it's, ask for it's Gerald, Gerald. You know, Jenna, the assistant will, my assistant will come in and say it's that uh, it must be a childhood friend. Yeah, and, yeah. and <laughs> or my sister. My or sister, sister calls or, me Gerald. Or, well, my it, sister calls me other things too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you. Is it not true that when you came to Cincinnati and decided to enter politics, yes. that the political handlers yes. said, "We ain't having none of this, Gerald. It has to be Jerry." <laughs> oh. Right? Is that true? No. Isn't that true? No. That's not true. No. <laughs> But it's a great so not, story. Are you just making stuff up, Gene? Yeah. Just for fun. Hey, yeah. let's get something out of the way early. Okay. Yes. And Megan, you are the one who has said repeatedly. Right. Because I'm getting a lot of pushback from corporate now. <laughs> now you know that we I'm have saying? this corporate entity I'm behind corporate. us. Pushback right, from right. corporate. Who's corporate? It's you, you and know me. Who, and no, me. you know who corporate is. And they're going to be unnamed tonight because oh. they're pushing back hard oh, about, yeah. and these are not their words, <clears throat> but about the lame-ass joke that you tell week after week after week. Oh, no, they do not. No. Yeah, actually. They, yeah. they no. really complain? Oh, heavily. I and, got phone calls. And... I, and Megan is right that we should blame it on the audience I because do. you've pointed out that if no one in the audience laughs, then we would. He won't tell that's the his joke. Only, uh, yeah, that's not he his feeds only off the reaction. audience. Yeah. The so I can't tell that same joke again. I want you to tell it. I'm going to ask not, this audience. I beseech you, not one person laughs. I, I, mean, I swear I to God, <laughs> not one person making. Uh, audi well, wait, what if it's legitimately audible. funny? It's, it's not Jerry though. because they won't heard it. Deliver it. I went back and did the research. You've done that joke on 43 episodes of 76. <laughs> of I'm 76 work, episodes. I have to work on my timing. Well, you ain't got I much time left for crying we'll out get back to that in a second. But oh, there's that older gentleman coming in. The one yeah, with it. I see him. Yeah. I hate you. And he was standing outside just before I got really? in here. And, Audience, um, this the, is on you. No, this is the. Uh, uh, how do you do, sir? Yeah, Hello. he's the fellow uh, with. Back. He's he's wearing his hearing aid, and he's telling me this is the finest hearing aid money can buy. I said, yeah. What kind is it? He said, four o'clock. No. Hey! 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 
They can't restrain themselves. <laughs> we will never get rid of that joke. No. This law it keeps getting I have to drag response. my butt back to corporate and try to explain this. Oh, my oh gosh. Oh, my God. You need a handler. That's yeah. ridiculous. And last week when I was down in Sarasota, I got to tell you. Yeah. Oh no, there was a lawyer's convention down there. The ABA was meeting there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And uh, they were out, you know, we were out in the Gulf. And, uh, well, scary there was a shark sighting. Really? Yeah. There have been a lot of But none of the lawyers got out of the Gulf because, you know, they don't get bitten by sharks. Professional courtesy. <laughs> Jerry, I have to tell you, it's I'm new material. Ed. Megan, give him. It's new material. I was looking up some You know what, Gene? Jokes. I'm going to blame this just as much on you, sir. This Not is me. just as much your fault. Absolutely yeah. it is. Not me. Your cousin jokes, the brother jokes. It's just been going on for too long. You know my brother, Jerry. I do. <laughs> I do know your brother, Jerry. Now, in but my family, he's known that it's the least smart one of the three of us. That can't be. No, I'm the smartest. Jim, the scientist, comes in second. My brother has an Audi. He has an Audi? He drove the wheels I'm off an of Indian. it. I'm oh, He drove... Not, no, no, yeah. no, different. He drove the wheels off of it. Megan, 250,000 miles he put on this car. So wow. he puts it on Craigslist because he wants to sell it. So he puts it on Craigslist. He doesn't get any calls, no emails, nothing. He calls me up and he says, I got to sell this car. Mm -hmm. It has 250,000 miles. I said, look, I'm not telling you I know this for sure, but a friend of mine, a friend of Catfish's actually, knows a guy. Oh, so now, see, now he's bringing in other people. You take the car out to this guy, according to Catfish. He puts it up on some jacks, and he gives it back to you, and there are 50,000 miles on it. I, I don't know what he does. I'm not saying. So my brother gives the car over to this guy, gets the car back. I see my brother about a month later, and I said, why are you still driving that Audi? He says, are you kidding? It only has 50,000 miles. I'm not going to sell this car. I don't get it. <laughs> hey, you, you mentioned lawyering. He didn't say he was the funny one in the family. He said he was the smart one. Hey, you mentioned lawyering. Yes. What is the toughest, biggest case you ever had as a practicing attorney? Wasn't there a guy back in the day who had committed some capital crime or something? Yeah, there was one uh, murder case. Oh, wait, don't mention oh, really? his name, but, I mean, you were a young attorney. we got to read the rundown, Jerry. I send these out. He's <laughs> looking oh, at you like I'm He needs to do a minute of show prep here. Sorry. <laughs> we're very sorry. No, welcome, no, tell sir. Welcome. Yeah. No names, but, like, how would you, you feel know. about that, and, what, and yeah. how'd you do on defending him? Tell us that story. Well, we got it reduced. Oh, you did? Yeah, we got it reduced. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to go into the details of the thing. The only point I would make is all the jobs you have, if, let's say if you are a lawyer, I guess it would be the same thing if you are a doctor dealing with life and death surgery or whatever. But when you're a lawyer and you have a capital case, talk about being totally consumed and... Wow you know, not sleeping at night and you're scared to death because this is, I mean, this is real. This isn't like what, you know, if I have a bad show, big deal. You know, most of them are. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we come back tomorrow and I tell some more wonderful jokes. But, <laughs> yeah, right. well, when you're defending someone in, in court for right. something like that, yeah. 
you know, it's, um, and I remember that was the only time I was really scared going to court every day and or preparing for it. You know, what haven't I thought about? What could that possibly happen? I don't want to screw it up. You don't want to miss trial. So anyway. I, and, and you were a young I, attorney when you did that. Yeah, I used to be young. Yeah. yeah. Um, In fact, when I was born, they didn't yet have courts. What did they have, Jerry? A big arenas. <laughs> And it was, you know, they bring in a few lions. And, and a, little you, less, a little less and formal. To run the gauntlet. <laughs> hey, did you see this? This is someone at work today seriously handed me this. Dump the Trump name from our building. This is true. This isn't a joke. The people that live, I, I, I think the Trump Palace, the Trump Place is in New York. Mm-hmm. I think so. Okay. Someone will correct me if I'm not. But anyway, it, and what he does is he doesn't own the buildings. He rents out the name that you pay him a certain amount of money and you could put Trump uh, on the building. And the residents of the building uh, signed a petition saying that the Trump name be taken down because it's lessening the value hmm. of yep. their property, plus all the protesters, plus they don't want to, they say here, um, please join and support residents who are embarrassed to be living in buildings with the name Trump place blazoned in front. We believe that Trump's appalling treatment of women, his history of racism, his attacks on immigrants, his mockery of the disabled, his tax avoidance, his outright lying, all are anti-ethical to the values we and our families believe in, on and on. But they are getting lots of names, and there's a pushback. You know, he's going to pay a price in this election. I mean, I don't think he's got a prayer anymore of winning. And if I'm wrong, I'll be wrong and then admit it, but I don't think he has a prayer of winning. But it's not just, well, the election's over, let bygones be bygones. One, he's caused damage to the country. But beyond that, the Trump name, you know, people don't want to play at his golf course anymore. They don't want to be in his property anymore. He's going to pay a price for this because he's become the symbol of some right wing. And I'm not saying conservative because that's unfair to conservatives. The conservative is a legitimate point of view. It's not one that I agree with, but it's a legitimate point of view about how government should operate. But some of his views aren't even conservative. It's just downright bigotry. And he's going to pay a price for that because he's become the symbol for that. He's given cover to all the, to the bigotry in our country. Hey, by the way, people uh, have asked... How do you do Facebook Live? And there are some people watching Facebook Live. Hi, Wave Facebook to the camera Live. right there. Hi, Amy. Uh, and <laughs> the answer is, because they, they, I get these emails, well, do you have, like, all these cameras and all this gear? No, it's actually, and this is true, you know this, it's because you do the setup. Yeah. Jerry Springer's cell, cell phone. phone. It's yes. an iPhone. Yep. And they put it in a tripod over there, and that's how it's done. That's really low of, tech. Yep. That, that is. Super easy. Well, of course, he doesn't know how to log on. He doesn't does not know, his know how to log on. No. He doesn't have a Facebook. No. no. The phone is taken. No. I don't have True. Facebook. It's so true. if you'll we, notice from the we website, use yours. It's, it's from coming from last, my Facebook page because he doesn't have one. Yeah, no. it's coming from your Facebook page. And then when we left last week, you didn't take it off. So Which explains a few week. of the posts that were posted for me. Yeah, Thank there you, go, Megan. Yeah. You make that mistake once. And by the way, Social media, Jerry's Twitter account is blowing up. And it's because we you started out very show. Feed. Your yeah, tweet after that's the point. It was so cool. Yeah, I had people like blowing me up because Jerry, Jerry blowing went big. You up? 
Yeah, blowing up my phone telling me oh, that you oh. were on Buzz. That's oh my god. I thought it was. Yeah, some I forgot. I forgot. It's my. <laughs> so this with. is normal nomenclature. <laughs> blowing up means someone's calling me a lot. Oh, okay. I I call it just annoying. Yeah. <laughs> you call it. <laughs> you call it Billy Bush. Oh. Yeah. No. Oh. Hey, what you should do uh, is anybody yeah, listening. Go ahead. They should uh, become a follower of Jerry's on Twitter. Yep. That's what they should do. And if you're hearing and you're not Gina, on our you Facebook on page. Yeah, well, over 80,000 now. We went up from 30 to 80 in no time. Yeah, and that, and that's, you know, we started out pretty low, and he's at 80,000. Yeah. 80, uh, that's a great thing. You know, speaking of Twitter and Facebook, uh, I know that you're a big Yankee fan, and sorry that they kind of suck this year. So you picked up <laughs> on the Cubs segue? because you live in the Chicago well, area. As, and you went as a Yankee fan. It's sad that we, you know, there won't be a World Series this year. Yeah. <laughs> but for the rest of the teams, they, you know, they play among they play, themselves. Yeah, Why don't you all go play among yourselves? <laughs> yeah. See if you can win some games. All right. No, I took Richard. Uh, and Richard's your grandson. And other grandparents are sitting in the audience here. Yep. Hello um, to the Yankins in the, the audience exactly. and their friends the from Yankins. Columbus, Ohio. There you go. Yep. Uh, but uh, Saturday we took. Uh, Richard and, and his parents, Katie and Adam, uh, took him to the Cubs game. Uh, the first game. Fun, oh, it was great. This was That's because so when cool. people hear this, it could be a week later. Uh, this was the uh, first game of the championship series. Mm -hmm. And that was the game that the Cubs won in the bottom of the eighth with a grand slam home run. I mean, it yep. was a totally exciting game. And, you know, we were sitting behind the Cubs dugout. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. You don't get to sit there. there. No, I've never yeah. sat behind yeah. any dugout. Yeah. Even in Notho, yeah. I didn't get to sit yeah. there. Yeah. Do you get tired with your standing room tickets? I mean, do, <laughs> is it hard to <laughs> If you do it enough, you get, you get these idiots a prick. He really yeah. is. That's no, what but, I was like no, as a but kid you get, yeah, I know. Oh, I, I was exactly like I that in school. I bet you were. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Always yeah. getting the homework done. Hey, teacher, you forgot we were going to have a quiz today. Yeah. That one. I was totally you. You forgot to But Yeah, we took him to the Cubs game. And, oh, it was great. It was phenomenal. And Richard, I know this from knowing you and Mickey. He is, all kidding aside, I, I tell you this, Jerry, and I'm not saying Jerry agrees with this, or, but this kid is going to be a serious athlete. And he's, what, seven he years is, old? Going he, just on turned, yeah. he just turned eight. He, and, and, you, and you just look really, at, A, you look at him, his size. He's probably in the 99th percentile he is, on height. Percent is that what it is, 99th? Yeah, we just found out today. He's a good-looking kid. He's got, yeah. he's in the smart school. kid, does he's well in the school. second grade, and he's already four feet, nine inches tall. That's yeah. incredible. <laughs> Yeah, but I the, mean that's unbelievable. I know it is. That's three inches shorter than his mom. <laughs> yeah, and but he's in the second grade. He's going to be huge. Here's the other element because yeah. that would not be enough to tell you this. No, but he's, this he's kid very plays athletic. hockey, mm -hmm. basketball, soccer. When he visits you and Mickey in Florida, he's out dragging you yeah. out of bed and nine o'clock, eight o'clock in the morning shooting, shooting baskets. baskets. Yeah. This kid is going to be a serious mm -hmm. athlete. I really do believe kid, that. Yeah. yeah, Jerry will share, like, he'll show some videos from time to time of Richard just shooting baskets. I mean, like, really, truly, this kid's gifted. Yeah, right. He and he, not for you, Jerry. But this is the <laughs> injustice. No, he did not get it from me. This is the injustice. The he injustice. will get, I predict this, he will get an athletic scholarship for college. Mark it down. Mm -hmm. He's eight years old. I know, and that's a question of whether it's, let's say, it's basketball. 
Is it North Carolina? Is it Akron? You know, the MAC, the ACC, yeah. or somewhere in between. He will get a four-year ride playing something. And by the way, it could be hockey because there aren't many kids that go into hockey. And if right. he's any good well, at hockey, Well, the cost of college it. today, I mean, good Lord, four years in college, uh, you know, that's like a week of my salary. I that's swear. unbelievable. And this, and, I just threw oh up my, in my and mouth. And Megan, we're going to need that. We're Megan, that's need, the point. We're going to need that scholarship. Megan. How many, that's the point. How many times do we go out for dinner after the podcast? Yep. And if they see Jerry, they'll come over, especially on the night that he gets the check, because we alternate. Yep. And then they'll come over and say, well, your check's been picked up by right that, that person. Yeah. I'm like, what the, WTF, <laughs> I need the money. Yeah. I you need to get caught. He's the one getting off easy. Here. My <laughs> grandkid, good athlete too, Michael, by the way. Yes, yeah. yes, he is, yes. Richard could get a free ride while Michael and his mom and dad, my son and daughter-in-law, yeah. have to come up with the dough. Mm. Well, why don't we? Jerry have a... Springer's getting a four-year ride Jerry for his Springer grandkid. I got an He's idea. Why don't yeah. next week we have a telethon for you? <laughs> oh, we could do like a GoFundMe. I like GoFundMe go for Gene, just in general. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Hey, yeah. uh, the religious right. Yes. Aren't they something? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. How about that? The transition is unbelievable. I mean, this man with his gift of segue is truly. No, actually, Gene and I. It's on the rundown. Yeah. It's right there. Right there. I see. Yeah. Anyway. Actually, that part wasn't on the rundown, but we actually did. it wasn't. We we'll switched it up. Yeah, we switched it because Gene picks me up uh, on the way here every every week, and uh, didn't know how to drive. we just talk yeah. about something and what I what we were talking about and what I've been thinking about is uh, the role of the Christian right in this election. And let me start off by saying, flat out, um, I have tremendous respect uh, for people that are religious, that um, take it very seriously, that see that there's, that, they, that there's something bigger in life than yourself, a greater power, etc. And even though I'm of the Jewish faith, people of the Christian faith and who are fundamentalist, whatever, you know, not to be silly, but God bless you, that's great. And that's great, and I totally respect that. And I even understand if, if, if your values are, your religious values are so much a part of your life that you want that expressed in your politics. I totally get that. My questioning is, how does someone on the Christian right, and I gotta tell you, there's some people in my family, extended family, that are fundamentalist Christians. And how, how does someone in the Christian right come to grips with the fact that they're supporting Donald Trump? And I mean that totally respectfully. There is no way in the world that any serious person can say that Donald Trump represents Christian moral values. He doesn't. You can be a big fan of his, and be a fan of his because you know you like his bravado and all, whatever. That's your business. But you can't, with a straight face, tell me that he represents your religious values, certainly that of the Christian right. And yet, we have all seen interviews where people that are part of the Christian right, people that live in very uh, Christian right neighborhoods, communities, states, they're for Trump. And you ask them, why? 
And it, you get these kind of answers. You get, well, part of it is I'm, I'm just a Republican and I can't see myself supporting a liberal Democrat, which is fine, but then you're telling me that your religious Christian values aren't the most important thing and when you make decisions in life. Or they're saying, ah, it's just talk. He's just talking like that, but he's not a, uh, you know. Well, no, it isn't just talk, as we now know. He's describing, he's admitting to and describing how he treats women and what he's done to women. And now more women are coming out, and apparently there's some evidence that these women are telling the truth, if there was anyone that didn't believe it ahead of time. So there is evidence that this is how he treats us. Certainly, this is how he treats marriage, either his own or how he re doesn't respect other people's marriage. Uh, his, his views on sex. Again, I'm not telling you what you should believe, but if you're saying to me, I'm a Christian fundamentalist, then I'm not going to take it that seriously, your commitment to it, if you turn around and say, but I'm supporting Donald Trump. Having said all that, the hypocrisy and the inconsistency of it, I will say this. There is one possible reason that someone on the Christian right, despite all the behavior of Donald Trump, which we all admit is hardly, quote, moral, is the view of abortion. If abortion is the single most important issue in your political life, that that, you'll say, I'll take all his carousing about or whatever he does, that's his business, but I'm trying to save a life, and I view abortion as the taking of a life. Therefore, I'll put up with all of Donald Trump's behavior as long as we have a president who, in the Supreme Court appointments, won't pick someone that'll have a liberal on the Supreme Court that'll just sustain Roe versus Wade and a woman's right to choose. That is the only conceivable an answer that I would take as honest about someone who is on the Christian right and still supporting Donald Trump. In return, though, I would say to them, if that is your conviction, and I respect it, that's your view, you could still be consistent by saying, I can't support Donald Trump for president because he doesn't represent the, the values that I want my child to have, and et cetera, and how I live, but I don't want a Supreme Court appointment made that is going to be pro-choice. Well, it is the Senate which has to confirm any Supreme Court appointment. So someone on the Christian right could say, well, I'll still vote Republican for the Senate because that will be the brakes that we can put on Hillary Clinton if you don't like the liberalism of Hillary Clinton which, by the way, I love. But if someone had that other point of view, that's the way out of it. In other words, what I'm saying is there is no excuse under any theory of your religious feelings if they are the most important thing to you that you can support Donald Trump. And so you can't be supporting Donald Trump now under any theory, even if you're opposed to abortion. You can take that view out on the Senate but you can't say, I believe in a moral symbol for the country, and 
therefore I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. And let me tell you, one other thing that I just thought of as, as I'm talking, is the President of the United States is a symbol. People in England or in Great Britain keep wondering, what the heck are we doing fooling around with the possibility of a Donald Trump? In America, it's a little bit different. You see, in Britain, the prime minister can have, be of any view because he's the lead politician. He is the leader of the majority political party or the coalition party that governs. He's a political leader. But the queen is the head of state. The queen is the symbol of Great Britain. In America, we don't get that division. The president is not only the political leader of the country, but he's also the representative of the country. Therefore, you could tolerate the behavior of a Donald Trump in Congress or the Senate. You may hate it, but he doesn't represent the country when you're a congressman or a senator. You're a legislator. And as long as he is supporting the legislation you want, you can say the other stuff is irrelevant, because in truth it is. If you're looking for a legislator to pass laws that you want, that's all you care about. You don't care what his private life is like. But when you become president of the United States, that is to let the country know and the world knows that this is the representative of the United States of America, who we are, what we represent, what we value. And that is why there's a different standard that we have to apply to Donald Trump than we would to any other person who serves in political office. All right, Jerry. That's a good analysis. Hey, I want to bring up uh, a duo uh, from uh, Kentucky, and they're called the Local Honeys. And that's Linda Jean Stokely from Woodford County, Kentucky, and Montana Hobbs from Lee County. When you hear their music, boy, you're going to hear the sound of Kentucky in it. It's wonderful. Uh, their latest album is Little Girls Acting Like Men. You can hear them by going to their website, which is thelocalhoneys.com. What's your first song? It's called Cigarette Trees. All right, let's this hear it. This is off our debut album. It's uh, The chorus is, why not plant cigarette trees when they'd burn faster if you'd log these? Fill up them valleys and slurry them streams, but big old King Cole, don't you lose any sleep. All right. Letter it, team bag. Big old king cold, don't you lose any sleep? 
still flip you the bird. What will we do with no mountains to climb and you disappear when you shut down the mines? Pray God gives you mercy to the place you should dwell. You don't burn like coal when you're sentenced to hell. Linda Jean Stokely, Montana Hobbs, the local honeys, and I got to tell you, the Jerry Springer podcast loves coal mining songs, and that's a good one. Good bet, for you. Bet that ain't the first time you've ever had, you've heard "Strip Off or Top" or yeah. Jerry Springer. Honey. There you go. <laughs> oh, oh, that was it. That was about coal. <laughs> Unbelievable. He's got to listen to it again. He's waking yeah, up. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> I just kept imagining, but go oh, ahead. God, God. Uh, you guys are a touring group and uh where where are you headed next by the way uh we've got a couple shows this weekend um let's see we've got a private event and then we're we're going to whitesburg kentucky we're we're kind of just around the area for right now before we we do go on big big tours we we got some exciting news today but we don't really want to jinx it yet so Okay. So unreleased. <laughs> All right, fair enough. When, when you get it, pass it on to Casey Campbell, our music yeah. coordinator, and yeah. we'll be happy to promote it for you, whatever it is. Uh, how'd you guys come together? Well, we actually met each other when we were in college. We both went to Moorhead State University. and we Yep, sure. that's a good yeah. Kentucky uh, university. Thank yep. you. It, it is. It's great. We both, we both went in there for different reasons. I went in to study jazz bass, and uh, Montana no went in to study uh uh, veterinarian sciences and um we ended up playing the banjo and the fiddle and um i, I discovered sense. the i discovered a man named jesse wells playing the fiddle just playing the fire out of it and i, I just said we teach me how to do that and i started taking lessons with him and then montana got interested in playing the banjo um her her grandfather was an amazing like square dancer and flat footer and she Nobody in her family really played music. My mom played five-string banjo, and she was a great banjo player. But when I came along, she she kind of fizzled out in that love. Yeah. Uh, I guess I was very I took up a lot of her time, and yeah. uh, so we met we met there, and we started playing uh, early American music together. We started listening to a lot of string bands, and we played in a string band together, and then. We graduated as the first women to graduate from the uh, Morehead State with a Bachelor's of Arts degree in traditional American music. Oh, and nice. That's so cool. Yeah, and Very we're pretty nice. proud of that. So ever since yeah. then, we we moved to Ireland for about three months after we graduated really? and just played music and drank beer and oh, had a good time. Yeah. Then we came back and hit the ground running, and we've just been playing at really fun events. Yeah, and I'm sure you went out. to Ireland and found a lot of connection between that kind of music and the kind of music you're the doing. Irish ballads, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, it's a great story. We, we pride ourselves of bringing up yep. up-and-coming artists and roots music, and you guys are a classic example. We're so glad you came by. Would you do a second song? Yeah. Since you guys were talking about Donald Trump, this song is a, a woman about, uh, that would not be his first choice. Totally would not be his first choice. <laughs> <laughs> and she would not grab... 
Or no. he would not grab things. And he, yeah. Yeah. He'd keep his hands to himself. He'd have yeah. some, uh, some things to say about her. Anyway, this song's called The Baitable Bomber, or affectionately, Frida. You want to tell them why she was called that? I, they look smart. I think they'll figure it out. <laughs> the local honeys. One, two, three. She never let on all six she kept Like where she been while her husband slept Now free she knew what the people would say But the people she knew didn't live with her pain So she worked as a lady with her own free rights Keeping the company of a man by night Oh, Frida, don't you worry, time will come When you don't hang your head at the deed you've done Oh, Frida, hang on, this you wait for Local honeys, that's good stuff, and we hope to hear you guys back here sometime. Would you take us out on? Go, yeah, go to your on, go to their website and, yeah. and get the, the, one of these uh, CDs. This is good I stuff. I can't wait to. If you go to the website, you need to be um, very careful. It's www.thelocalhoneys.com. Because if you just do local honeys, you get. Different. I've been to that website. Yeah. <laughs> You'll find some honeys. No, I'm just oh, kidding. Boy, good point there. One, two, one, two. This is where Jerry's expert. This is where he's good. Good to have him here. The local I didn't mean to interrupt, but is that what you were going to say? I knew where you were going. (laughs) 
That's great. <laughs> Local Honeys with Irene Goodnight. <laughs> And Jerry Springer, by the way, is going to come in on the second verse oh, and just listen yeah, to the key. We apologize this is great. Too. We did a mic check. <laughs> and this is the octave that Jerry Springer should sing in all the time. You'll, you'll know when we get to it. Here we go. The Local Honeys. Irene, good night. You've been listening to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Foolery, recorded live at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. Thanks to Patrick Kennedy for writing our opening song and to you for listening. Check out our website at jerryspringer.com. Stop your rambling. Stop your gambling. Quit a running around late at night. Go home to your wife and your family. Sit down by the fireside bright. Irene, good night. Irene, good night. Good night, Irene, good night, Irene. I'll see you in my dream. Jerry Springer singing like a man. Sometimes I live in the country. Take a great notion